Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best Monopoly token. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcast should have a theme song. Podcast should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. This is exciting, Hal. This is. This is fun. You don't know what the topic is. I don't. Everybody does because the episode's been really. In fact, by now, when people sure. listen to this, you know what the topic is. But we're recording it in a past week. Hang on a second. Know. Hang on a second. I'm just going to wait right now for my phone to ring, knowing that future me is going to call me in three, two, one. There it comes. It's, ah, oh, man. Future, even future me is unreliable. I was pulling for you. Yeah, future you was going to call and then got pulled in. Future me is the same guy that is late to the airport. So I get it. Future me is going to call current me later and be like, dude, I'm so sorry. I wonder how future me will feel about current you and the decision that you're about to make. I don't know. Chances are it'll, it, I, who knows? This could, we, by the time we are done recording this episode, future both of us might not be friends anymore. It might tear us oh, apart, no. whatever this, could, this topic is. Oh my goodness. Could tear us apart like the pretzels, which by the way, mm-hmm. nothing delighted me more than getting pretzels from you. Oh yeah. Yes. Uh, here's a fun story. There's a place not far from where Mark lives where they make authentic Philly soft pretzels. A guy from Philly who lives out here lamented that there were no good soft pretzels so he started making them i was picking up an order and i was saying to jennifer you know every time i come up here to pick up an order i think i'm near mark i should get a couple for him and just leave him at his doorstep and she said you should do it so when i picked it up they had a couple extra they were fresh warm from the oven and i called mark and said are you available because i'll be there in 10 minutes and we Stay distance from each other. I threw him. It was like the idol for the whip. I threw him <laughs> the pretzels and he threw me a baggie filled with those sea creatures from one of our earlier episodes. And when it's out of quarantine, I will, we will have an episode where we both hatch a sea creature in our mouth. Oh, yeah. I hatched a couple of sea creatures in my mouth last night in our Sketchfest appearance, which was an absolute blast. It was so, so fun. much fun. Uh, yes. To everyone who listens to this show and also uh, watches Sketchfest or enjoys going to Sketchfest, it was strange. We um, we hosted for an hour a show on Gather, but they had built the actual venues from Sketchfest. Yes, and put them in Gather, which was fascinating and cool, and and it was a lot of fun. And the uh, and the the live stream show was amazing. So as always, we miss Sketchfest. We wish we could have gotten there and performed this year, but you know. There's a global pandemic, it turns out. Yeah. You know, I have a story for you to, to really get us into this. Okay. <laughs> oh, I, I had almost forgotten about our topic. It's almost as if I just assumed that our topic today, which is an oft-asked question in a bar conversation, which is how this began. Sure. What's up? <laughs> if that was our, if that, is that our that topic for this a, week? Our no, topic this week not. is, what's up? It's not. And there's a We're correct answer. That. Okay. That's a very important one. We're going to figure fair. that out later. When I was a child, mm-hmm. there was something that I always wanted to play mm-hmm. with my father. Mm-hmm. And he never wanted to play it. Is this, are, are we going he Harry Chapin? Is this, is this catch? The reason why is he was too busy, but you know, he'll be home <laughs> soon. Then we'll have a good time then. No, he said, I don't want to play that because I do it for a living. I don't want to oh. play what I do for a living, the board game. Do you know what my father does for a living? Mark? Um, business. That's right. Business is part of it. It's a, it's a, he has like a business, like a, like a suit, like a put on a suit and go to work job. He, wears, he does wear a suit sometimes for his business. It's, um, it's land, right? Real estate land. <laughs> That's right. He, he is a real estate broker. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, Monopoly. It's Monopoly. He never okay. wanted to play Monopoly. Now, Shelly Goddard, Mm-hmm. Hi, Shelly. One of our super fan, Shelly Goddard, mm-hmm. who always has like the hot take after an episode, who I actually mm-hmm. met and got to hang out with at Disney California Adventure pre-quarantine, which was a real delight. Fantastic. 
she asked what the best Monopoly token is. Now, here's the issue. Oh, the retired ones. There are what is referred to as the classic 10. And I think we should stick with that. There are some in that group that have been retired. There are some that are relatively new. There are mm-hmm. some that come with, you know, every special edition you can think of mm-hmm. will have its own weird tokens that are associated with it. And I would propose mm-hmm. that we throw all those out because otherwise we're just saying what's the best special edition of Monopoly. I think we need to stick to the classic 10, which I will list for you. The classic, classic, classic 10. This is the classic 10. Okay. This is the, the, mm-hmm. uh, some of them have been retired and some of them were there from the very initial store mass-produced version some came a little bit later mm-hmm. there are some that have been you know a t-rex a penguin those are relatively new the cat came in august 2013 mm-hmm. and that replaced one of the core 10 there's a rubber ducky i say we throw all that out and we stick to the core 10 and pick from that sure agree? but have any of the core 10 been eliminated in order to no. put some of these in order to put some of these other ones in or because how many pieces yes. do you get with a set some of these pieces are retired generally there are eight Uh huh. There are eight current tokens. Okay. I can tell you what the eight current tokens are, but I think, I think we should go to some of the recently retired pieces. We're going, we're going of the 10 all stars. Yeah. Do you want me to list those 10 all stars for you? Please. And will you please put them in our Zoom chat or I'll just type them in as you, you you type them into the Zoom chat. Okay. Okay. The Iron, the Mm -hmm. Scottish Terrier, Mm -hmm. Man on a Horse, Mm -hmm. the Top Hat. Mm hmm. The cannon, mm-hmm. the wheelbarrow, mm-hmm. the battleship, the thimble, mm-hmm. the race car, and last but not least, the shoe slash boot. Okay. Now, three of these have been retired. Both the thimble, the wheelbarrow, and the shoe were all retired in 2017. So they are, they are four years gone, but they were essential to the majority of the standard sets that were sold. From the ninth, at least the 1940s on. In fact, you may even, if you, even though they've been retired, if you go to a store that has just an old stock of Monopoly, you mm-hmm. may be able to get these pieces. Because they were retired what year? 2004, you 20, said? 2017. 2017. There's a chance there may be. Sorry, I was way off. I was reading. I'm, I was off by 13 years. Yes. Uh, what did you say? 2004? Uh, no, yeah. some of these were lost in 2007. The horse and rider were gone. Then, mm-hmm. then the howitzer, the sack of money only, only existed for about nine years before it went away. Mm-hmm. The iron was retired in 2013 and there was a train in deluxe editions, which I always thought was a very mm-hmm. cool piece, but I would not count it because it was only special edition sets from the eighties until about 2007. They keep sort of trying to reimagine the game. Right. And with that, there are pieces that go. There are pieces that were long ago. And the, the cannon, by the way, is a howitzer. So the, mm-hmm. it's pointing up. It's not, there is another two wheeled cannon. So I should say the howitzer is the one that is. Wait, what is the difference between a howitzer and another kind of cannon? The cannon is, is thicker and it has the wheel on either side. It's like a Bugs howitzer, Bunny cannon. Yeah. The how, yeah, the howitzer looks like an anti aircraft gun. Oh, and so they've the updated the, the they've updated the, uh, the military hardware. But they've gotten rid of the simple thimble, wheelbarrow, and shoe. But they, they, so do they? They must have a Department of Defense within the Monopoly universe that gets the bulk of the funding. Mm -hmm. So the thimble, the wheelbarrow, and the shoe. Uh, I fear in this episode, Hal, I might wind up on the political side. Do you know anything about the economic philosophy of Georgism? Talk to me. Okay. So, I mean, I know, but for the audience. So, Georgism is a philosophy that was invented in the late 1800s by uh, a man whose last name was George. And, uh, he posited that the ideal society and the fairest version of an economic system for a society was one wherein the work that you do generates money. But the natural resources of the land that you live on and the land itself are owned collectively by all of the people. Meaning, if you happen to be living on land that had oil underneath it, uh, when you struck oil, 
any money that you made from getting the oil out of the ground and packaging it and refining it and getting it into cars and industrial machines, you got paid, you made your money for doing that. But the actual crude oil itself and the resources underneath the land are owned by all the people. A woman named Lizzie McGee in the late 19th century was a big proponent of Georgism and invented the game Monopoly with Mm -hmm. two sets of rules. There was a set of rules for a cooperative game of Monopoly that was fun for everyone to play and you would win collectively, like a game of Pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Modern board game Pandemic. There was also a second set of rules where everyone was out for themselves. You could actually own the pieces of property on this board game that she invented. And it was a much harsher, less fun longer, more grueling game that ultimately ended with only one person controlling everything. And she invented this game as a way to explain Georgist principles to the world. Then Charles Darrow stole it. Right. So all the Atlantic City streets on it. Exactly. A celebration of capitalism instead of instead of a condemnation of it. Exactly. Over the years, there had been like 30 years because Lizzie McGee was, you know, she was, uh, you know, believed in community property. And so she basically gave this game out to friends and allowed people who were playing it up in Atlantic City. It wasn't actually just him, Charles, that had been put the Atlantic City streets in it. It was all of his friends that had been playing it for years. And he actually physically stole the board from a friend of his, this hand-drawn board, took it to Parker Brothers, sold it to Parker Brothers, and then Parker Brothers immediately, I don't know if it was them or if it was previous to that, that original set of both rules fell by the wayside. People are inherently more competitive than they are cooperative, I guess. So you wind up with just those brutal rules of the game Monopoly, at which point George Parker had to go around and gather up all of the different versions of Monopoly that had been scattered across college campuses and wherever throughout the United States, gather up every version of it, buy the rights to every little bit and piece of it. The final piece of the puzzle was when he got to Lizzie McGee and uh, he said, you are, I've traced everything back to you. I want to buy this game. And she said, thank God people are finally going to understand Georgism. I will give it to you for six. 600 bucks. So George Parker actually had to go out and get a monopoly on the game Monopoly. Mm-hmm. So I have a love hate relationship with the game Monopoly in that I love Lizzie McGee and everything she stood for. And I hate what the game Monopoly became. So the fact that the thimble, the wheelbarrow and the shoe, the three like arguably most common man items on the list have been eliminated in favor of a howitzer, a race car, a bag of money for a little while, a top hat, all of these things that represent, I would argue, the worst of capitalism. At least the iron is in there. Keep in mind that those things, and the iron was discontinued in 2013, those things survived for decades and decades. So it wasn't, they didn't immediately throw those things out. I I think probably... Some of them took a particular, like there was a purse for a while. There were things that maybe other political or Mm -hmm. socioeconomic factors led to the removal of. I also would say just any, you've played Monopoly. I have. I do not like playing Monopoly. That's fine. Because this is not about the game mechanics of Monopoly. This is, that's the best part of this is however you feel about the game Mm -hmm. is hunky and dory at the same time. Sure. This is about when you're playing the game. This is about the physical items themselves. Yeah, you get to pick the piece. There is a piece that most people want, and there there are pieces most people do not want. I think a lot of people will go for the same few pieces. I definitely have, in this group, at least three to four that are favorites of mine and some that I do not like that has nothing to do with what they represent Mm -hmm. and everything to do with how they feel in my hand, how much fun they are to like play with in the seemingly hours in between turns when you're playing a full game. So I, I, I'm saying I will get off my anti-monopoly soapbox. I don't want, I literally have in the other room, a game from the 1960s anti-monopoly. We've talked, we've talked about this before. Yeah. We've, if, even if we have it, we're, I'm certainly aware of that game's existence. So this is nothing. I have a shrink copy from the sixties. Yeah. I have not opened yet. (laughs) This is not an endorsement of the game Monopoly, Ugh. 
All right. If they if they would like to give free, it is one of my favorite games from when I was a kid. It was really fun to play. It was even more fun to play for some reason in my like late teens, early twenties. My friends sure. and I would just play. It was a fun game. It had strategy in it. You play it for a long time, and there was a moment where. I will say it is very long and very strategy based and you can get ruthless in it, which is fun. Oh, yeah. W- one time <laughs> I made my cousin's cousin figure that one out. Mm-hmm. Get so mad that he left. He said, I'm leaving. I'm going. I'm See, leaving. why don't, why don't you want to play the cooperative Georgist version where everybody's still friends at the end of the game? I mean, if you're really just playing a game, you'll also be friends at the end of it. There are other things going on when you get so upset. That's fair. You're not believe that you leave <laughs> your cousin's cousin. It. What was he going through? Let's talk about it. I don't know. I think it was a lot of things that just led up to a moment of frustration. Probably all the things that he couldn't express. Sure. You were teenagers. Head. Yeah. He was in his early twenties. Shame on him. I know. He should have figured it out by then. Everybody has everything figured out by their early 20s. Yeah. If you don't have it all together by the time you're 23. Yeah. I mean, mean, come on. It certainly didn't take me until I was almost 40. No, it didn't take me till probably in a year or two. (laughs) Hey, does future you have a better handle on things? (laughs) Hang on a second. He's going to call in. Oh, yeah. Three, two, one. Ah, oh, man, he totally, ah, he owes me two texts it. now. He owes me yeah. two texts. Oh, my God. Oh, good luck getting notes from him. So, <laughs> of these 10 people, we're just going to go. We're just going these, down the list. By these pieces. Because I think with a lot of games, a lot of games have tokens that are just different colors. So, you're picking, well, this is my favorite color. Mm-hmm. Like, with life, you're picking the color car that you that you like the best or station wagon. Mm-hmm. Uh, games of sorry, they're all the same. Even games like chess or backgammon, you're just choosing between two colors. There's nothing distinguishing about the pieces in and of themselves. Right. And Monopoly, there is a break from that. So you just get to pick your absolute favorite piece. Yeah. What do you base that on? If you have a bunch of tokens like this, mm-hmm. and I'm going to send you. I'm going to I've send got an in the chat the list. Oh, you're sending me an image of them. I remember yeah. what most of these look like. Well, I'm going to send it to you so you can see. All right. And then you will know. What are the things that you look for? Is it about the feel of it? Is it about how it looks? What attracts you to a particular game piece? Well, I think there are a couple of things that I enjoy. And there are two main reasons that I will reach for a particular Monopoly game piece. Okay. These uh, criteria contain different game pieces within that category. And they are tiny versions of things that I can actually hold in my hand because it is fun to play giant. Sure. Like if you have the iron, hey, now I'm a giant helping out a human person ironing their clothes. Like, sure. Don't worry, Jack. I'll come down there and help you. It looks Ah, like you've got ah, a date tonight, uh, Jack. uh, Oh, who's the lucky lady? And I'm, you know, ironing Jack's clothes for him. Or also, maybe he's got it like he's almost ready for his date. And I'm like, oh, Jack, don't forget you got to tie your shoes. Hold on. Well, I only have one of your boots. So let me put that one boot on you. Oh, I forgot to iron your tie. Hold on. Thunk, 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 thunk. Fee, five, fo. <laughs> Fee, five, fo, furred. I see someone has a wrinkly shirt. <laughs> so playing giant is fun. Also, oh, look, you're getting real ready for your date. You know what the finishing touch is? This top hat right here, Jack. Your shoes look nice. Your shirt's ironed. Thank goodness. And you've got your top hat on. Basically, all of the ones where you're dressing a tiny person. Right. I enjoy those pieces. I also, because you are moving around a board full of street names, mm-hmm. I prefer my other thing that I will I will reach for is a vehicle, which would be the race car, the man on the horse. Or the battleship, though the battleship doesn't make as much sense if these streets are not in Venice because they're land based streets. Well, you have you're right by the Atlantic Ocean. A lot of these streets. That's true. So like the actual physical motion, because as a kid, my favorite was always the race car Mm. because the race car, you could actually zoom it and drive it around the board to your night, especially if you rolled a 12. Yeah. You got a good. That's a road trip. (laughs) I feel like a lot of people like the car for that reason. Yeah. Because it feels like it is a car toy as well. Yeah. I it's a double toy. 
I gravitated towards the top hat because I could make my finger look like a fancy person. <laughs> or I could put it on my head and be like, look how funny it is that this hat is way smaller than, the, than my head. Exactly. You get it. We yeah. were the same kid. <laughs> but I, yeah, I also like the feel. This is what I don't like about Man on the Horse. Mm-hmm. It has to have that circular base that every game piece has. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, for me, that feels like, well, this might as well just be a Parcheesi piece. Oh, because it is standing on a, because it's actually physically on a pedestal. Yeah. And also the dog is, I mean, I'm a dog person, so I loved the dog. The dog is very cute. Also, then it's the dog walking around the neighborhood. Yes. You get, you're walking your dog. Anything you can either anthropomorphize or have being driven by a person. Yeah. Yeah. I would put the dog in there among the motion based ones. How do you want to attack this though? With a larger sense. We've talked about what we look for at a piece or what we look for as children. I say we go through them one by one and we, we make a list of the pros and cons of each one. And I think one or two will emerge as our near finalists. Okay. Before I just want to take the temperature. Can we do a, we've never done this before mm-hmm. a live correspondent and bring her in and see what she thinks. We have a live correspondent. Yeah. Hold on a second. Oh, okay. If, let me see if she'll do this. I just want to see. <laughs> people of the world i hope he hal just left the closet studio and when he stood up what i see behind him is a lot of sequins i assume that's jen's half of the closet and i assume that the person that he's going to get is jen though i okay, don't know right. who else hmm? you're right i am bringing jennifer in now, oh it is jennifer to, to do me first of all hello and i love you hi, hi jen oh hello i love you too okay now hi, right Mark. right here on the screen, you can see the classic 10 Monopoly tokens. I just want you to, your gut reaction, which one is your favorite? And that, that is all. That is absolutely it. The second from the left, is it a little dog? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that one. Okay. That's... Oh. So you're, you're putting one in for the Scottish Terrier. Just wanted to get your vote officially. Yes. All right. What's happening? That, well, we're going to choose between these, and we'll let you know at the end. Maybe we'll bring you back with, for the reveal. Would okay, you like that? Yes. Y'all, y'all have fun. Okay. Bye, Jen. I'm sitting in a closet. Okay. I know. It always – the way that she said that, it sounded like we were 11-year-olds playing D&D. Yeah. Like, we're okay. We're our pillow fort, Jen. Yeah. This is, this is what we're doing. She's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to go do – Grown-up things. Have fun. Well, yep, y'all have fun. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's one of the, that's one of the classics for a reason, I think. And I think that's a, a good finalist. A good choice. It was popular in our household because we had yeah. dogs. So everybody wanted the dog. Exactly. So do you want to go through these one at a time or, um, what do you think? Yeah, I think we should discuss them on their, on their merits and decide mm-hmm. whether they should be a finalist. And I think we should come away. Let's make it a goal before the break to eliminate half of the field. Okay. At least or come down to three finalists. Great. So either, either five go or seven go. Okay. So how do you want to do this? How do you want to go one at a time? Yes. Let's go one at a time from left to right in the photo that we're referencing, but we will say them out loud so that everybody at home can follow along, starting with the iron. Okay. Here's what I like about the iron. Yes. The iron is the simplest of the pieces. It's one of the simplest of the pieces mm-hmm. and it serves its function and nothing more. It is a flat piece of metal and it even has a little handle for you to pick it up and yes. carry it to the next space. Yeah. I, I agree that the handle, the handles, I think it's most redeeming feature. Otherwise mm-hmm. it's just uh, an abandoned shield. You could also turn it into a shield <laughs> by the way you hold it. That's because true. It is literally an old iron that you would heat up. Well, Jack, you're going, you're going on this date. You might need a shield. You don't know what kind of bandits are out on the road. I'm fine. I know you. You'll be able to see. Hey, hey, I just huh? want you to be safe out there. I know. Thank you, Mr. Giant. Okay. Here's your top hat. Oh, I forgot to iron your socks. Oh. Iron your socks. Oh, thanks. Yeah. That, that, it's, 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 Tiny is the thing about the iron. It is yes. tiny. It's tiny. It's not super fun. Mm-hmm. There's not really a lot that's fun about it. It reminds me of having to iron clothes, which is something I do not enjoy and am not good at. Yeah. In when fact, did you have a toy iron as a kid? Well, sometimes you would. 
if you had like a home set, you could have an That's iron true. in there. But I worked as a professional apprentice at a theater mm-hmm. when I got out of college in Philadelphia, the Arden Theater. One of the many things you do while you're an apprentice is you serve as an assistant stage manager at some point or do tasks related to a show. And one of the shows, my job was to do the laundry. Oof. I was I had to wash all of the wardrobe for the show, and that included some ironing, which I was quickly so bad at that they took it away from me. Also, one time I left <laughs> the stuff in the wash and didn't dry it. So somebody had to wear like a wet jean jacket on stage. What show was Sorry. it that they were wearing a jean jacket? Little Women? I don't remember the I don't remember what the show was. How do you like that? It was Unbelievable. Sh- I'm guessing shows, if it was a jean jacket, I'm gonna guess it was uh the stage adaptation of Essie Hinton's immortal classic the outsiders definitely that had to be what it was the only shows i remember from that season are cat on a hot tin roof which we did in the round and mm-hmm. one time i was working box office for one of the shows and somebody came out and complained like somebody in that in the audience has fallen asleep and is snoring <laughs> is full-on loud snoring now who was it who was it my cousin <laughs> oh no that's i'm related cousin. to that was your cousin that was going through some stuff? Not even the same cousin. Oh, wow. Oh, no, that was your cousin's cousin. This is my cousin. This, this guy is my cousin. father's first cousin, who I called my uncle Mark. As a matter of mm-hmm. fact, his name is Mark. But he fell asleep during a production of Cat on a Hot Tin Roof and started snoring. Wow. Had he not gotten enough sleep the night before, or was it a terrible production of Cat on a Hot Tin Roof? I guess. Because it's an I engaging play. I don't know that I ever got a chance to really talk to him about it, but <laughs> it was a great, that was a cherished memory. That I have. I and the other that. was the Snow Queen with the Iron Pig, uh, the Iron Pig Theater or Pig, I don't know Iron, Iron, Pig Iron Theater. I don't know Pig Iron. And they did uh, a lot of puppetry stuff. So they brought in oh, um, I love all these stuff. cool puppets and I got to be the yeah. assistant stage manager for that. That's so much cool. fun. But the point being, I don't like ironing and I certainly <laughs> do not want to have to heat it up on a fire first. So I, to me, that I would eliminate the iron based on that. Do you agree? Um, well, I don't, I, I think we, let's go through them all before we start immediately eliminating. Oh, oh, okay. I thought we were, let's, let's, let's do the all 10 all right. and then we'll pull out ones that clearly, but you don't, you know, it's not looking good for you, Iron. No. Now the Scottish Terrier. Scottish Terriers has a classic. All. Yeah. It's, it's got a good heft to it. It's mm-hmm. real cute. It's easy to pick up. Yeah. You can role play. It's a piece you can role play as. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, you roll a three and you go like, wow, wow, wow. And then you move three spaces. Yeah. It's a character with like, with life to it, mm-hmm. which, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the Scotty dog. It is a character that moves, uh, it is a character you can give a voice to. It is, yeah, it's, it's does have everything going. So it does. Do you want to talk some more about the Scotty dog? And it's your wife's favorite. That's, and it is, uh, yeah, early favorite from Jennifer. No, I, I, I love the piece. I feel like a lot of people want to be the dog. I think yeah. that that is a universally loved piece. Yeah. We're going to come back and talk about that one more. I'm sure for sure. The man on a horse. I do see what you mean about the pedestal. And also the, uh, I have a problem with the symmetry of this one. Oh, because the, the it looks, front hooves aren't exactly like one's in front of the other. Well, no, that it's so front, this, it, it's so front loaded. It mm. looks like it's going to tip over. I know it's not. And that's why it has that big base on it. But look, if the horse is rearing up like that, why does the horse have to be rearing up? The Scotty dog's on all fours. The Scotty yeah. dog is chill enough. You're in a neighborhood, man. That horse doesn't want to be ridden. Yeah, I know, but you are being ridden. You've been tamed. You can't just we, be a horse running that. running wild through the streets of Atlantic City. Look, it's not Teddy Roosevelt on the back of that horse. That thing has not been broken yet. Or maybe that horse is about to hit a speed bag, which would be one of the funniest things I can imagine. Is <laughs> any animal that could go up like that and go one one leg <laughs> in front of the other, Rocky style a on a speed bag. Yeah. on a speed bag. I would love Amazing. to see that. If that horse was hitting a speed bag, we wouldn't even be talking about the other nine. No, a horse reared up on its hind legs, hitting a speed bag like a boxer training for a uh, a belt. Yeah, I would go for that. But this right now, it's it seems off center. I don't yeah. know why he's rearing up because that. Now that I think about it, that eliminates the realism of the traveling around the city if it's reared up like that. Yes. You know what I think this is? You know what I don't think this? I think this is. I think this is. I think this particular Monopoly piece is not a man on a horse. I think this Monopoly piece is a statue of a man on a horse. That's even worse. Yeah. It's a this Monopoly piece is a statue. Stat- it's a, it's a statue. Yeah. 
your token isn't a man on a horse. Your token is a statue of a man on a horse. Yeah. Uh, basically, and le- and and the, just the fun of the dog, right, is that you can walk the dog around. Mm-hmm. Unless this is Comet, the super horse owned mm-hmm. by Supergirl, then it, it's really – well, you can't, like, you can't do the horsey. Yeah. I want to do the horsey on the board. Yeah, you can't do the horsey on the board because it's, uh, it's not a horse. It's not a man on a horse. It's a statue of a man on a horse. That's right. I got to go see a man about a horse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the top hat. The top hat is ah, the top hat's funny because the top wobbly hat fun. is it's jaunty fun. Yeah, it's wobbly too. It's wobbly. It is wobbly. It's not fun. sitting flat on the base. It's sitting on the brim in the back, so you can it can you can rock it around a little bit, which mm-hmm. may be a plus or a minus. It's not like a straight flat mm-hmm. brim all the way around. You know, it's got know. a good rounded kind of brim. With so many things on the board, if you've got hotels and houses and a lot of other players and maybe some cash in the middle, if you play the free parking rule, mm-hmm. like, do you want a wobbly piece on the board or do you want to wait be on minute. sound financial footing? What are your house rules that well, you, wait, uh, first of all, nothing, nothing says I'm rich in the 1920s like that top hat. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It is very, I, I feel like the, the top hat represents the second set of monopoly rules. Yeah, it's early 1929 and my wealth will never disappear. <laughs> what are your house rules for Monopoly? There's a house rule that I've played with. It's not necessarily my house rule. Anytime that you have to give money to the bank, you put it in the middle in a pile. And then if so, whoever hits free parking, they get that pile of money in the middle. Yep. Played that as well. Do you do the double the payday if you land on go versus just passing it? Yes. No. I didn't know that's a house rule the same thing it's yeah the same yeah that's a, that is 100 percent a house rule huh. part of the fun yeah. of the game yeah it's making up house rules too bad the original set of house rules got thrown away by george parker after he agreed to buying stolen property all right norma ray calm down hashtag georgism that's right hashtag georgism i do like the wobbly nature of that piece i don't think it's terribly bad and it's fun to hold it's got a good heft to it mm-hmm. And if you don't like the, if you don't like the wobbliness, you can flip it over. You can. And then you're a magician. Yeah. Then you're, (laughs) and you can pretend to be the rabbit that's hiding inside the hat that doesn't want to come out and play with the Scotty dog. That's right. Scary. Yeah. Well, Scotty dog will tear to pieces. Mm hmm. The howitzer. That is a piece I have never reached for. Yeah. I don't want, that's what you get stuck with. That's, you have to get to say you had 10 players. Say it's a 10 Mm -hmm. piece. Or even eight players, and it's in it's among the eight pieces. You have to have eight players, I think, to see it yeah. emerge. If it were a Bugs Bunny cannon, it would be this because this looks like too real a yeah. like anti aircraft gun from World War One, right? That's the Ex- deal. Exactly. The Bugs Bunny cannon is actually real. That piece is really nice. It's in some of the limited edition mm-hmm. like anniversary pieces, but it only existed for eleven years. Yeah, Bugs Bunny cannon. I would go with, especially if Bugs Bunny cannon had a flag that said "Bang" coming out of it. Of course. But howitzer, I don't reach for. Wheelbarrow? Wheelbarrow is, uh, is another one of those, like, you can add a little element of fun to it. Yeah. In that, you know, you're bringing supplies from one property to another. Hold on. Let me get this wheelbarrow full of stuff over to this next yeah. property. Oh, I have so much money. I have to I know. this wheelbarrow to carry it. I have, I have the <laughs> deeds for St. Charles Place. Oh, I've just built a house on here. This is a wheelbarrow full of lamps and rugs and knickknacks for my new home that I just built. Yeah, I'm going to take this and flip it. I can't wait to show the people who are investing in this house what it looks like after I put all this all this stuff in the wheelbarrow in its place. Oh, no, the train whistle's broken. Better take this train whistle in my wheelbarrow over to Reading Railroad. <laughs> We're going to fix up Reading Railroad <laughs> this week on Diners, Drive-Ins, Dives, and One Railroad. Yeah, it, it is It is kind of fun. There is an aspect of play yeah. to it. It is also the most likely to fall over. Yeah. It does have the little tripod base where it has the two points on either mm-hmm. end and then the one wheel as you would in an actual wheelbarrow. Mm-hmm. But it is. It, it also is, I don't know, there's something to it. There's something about it that feels kind of lackluster. Yeah. It's less fun to play with than some of the other ones. Moving on to the next one. Let me let me ask you a question, Hal. Yeah. Did you ever open up your battleship game at home and find a metal battleship in there 
Flip side, did you ever open up your Monopoly game and find a plastic battleship in there? To have a game piece that looks exactly like a game piece from another famous board game. Also by Parker Brothers, I think. I know Milton Bradley, I think, is Battleship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I never did that because I was the only child in my house. Mm -hmm. So the chances of somebody else playing, I would have to make that mistake. And I, we did, I think, generally one game at a time. Right. So Though I love the idea of you and Bill playing two board games at once. <laughs> the genius level. Well, each of my parents would be at a different board game and I'd play both of them. Ooh, the that was you're like I the wizard. I was three. Yeah. Like Fred, so Fred Savage's little brother in that movie. And now Super Mario Brothers 3. <laughs> but you also have to play Battleship and Monopoly at the same time. <laughs> Two games that take the exact same amount of time to play. <laughs> yeah, the Battleship is okay. It's also like just a skinny little piece. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It is much. a little piece. Yeah. It's fun. There is a play factor to it where you can be like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. commanding this battleship in the open seas. Yeah, but you're not in the open seas. Streets. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to go to Down Beach Deli here on Ventnor. <laughs> it's an actual. Hey, we had a, we, our I short house, you. I think, our short house was between Atlantic and Ventnor in Jersey. You holding out yeah. on me, bro? I, I didn't know you had a short house. We did at the time. De- then it got sold. Oh, and my parents man. bought a place out here to be close to me. Oh. But I still rent. Yeah, I feel you. From them. Yeah. <laughs> They're my landlords. I yeah. pay them a monopoly money. <laughs> Let's talk about the thimble. I Let's do it. love the thimble. You do. I do. I love I'm not the a thimble. Huge thimble fan, but I want to hear why you love it. Here's why I love the thimble. I love the thimble because it is the only piece on the board that is near actual size. Okay. And actual look. Like it looks like an actual thimble. And my guess is that the reason all of these pieces are thimble sized and metal is because back in the day, in the early days of Lizzie McGee passing around her game that she invented, a thimble was an easy thing to use that was readily available in every home and was the perfect little piece to use on a board game. So I think that the thimble to me represents the original intent of the game, the original cooperative nature of the game, the ingenuity that comes with creating your own board. And yeah, I just think it's cool that it's the only piece that looks and is almost actual size to exactly what the real thing is. Maybe that token of the statue of the horse is based on an actual very tiny statue of a horse. So that might also be near actual size. But I don't she, think that's true. She bred very small dogs. So you get a, <laughs> if you got one of the original versions, you got a small dog, a small horse statue, yeah. and an actual thimble. I do love the idea that she'd be like, somebody's like, hey, Lizzie, can you make me a copy of that board game that you are giving to all your friends? She's like, yeah, here you go. Here's a copy of the board game. And then just here's a bag of random crap from my house that you can use as game pieces. Yeah. Let's move on to the race car. Race cars, uh, race cars up there. It's a classic. It's a 1930s race car. Yeah. It debuted in mid 1935 and has not really been updated since. There was for a while a car with a driver. So it's like real, like hoity toity, mm-hmm. either hoity toity, you're being driven around or just this car as a person in it. But mm-hmm. it's better to have it empty. It's better to imagine yourself driving the car. Yeah. So I'm glad that they got rid of that. Plus, if it's empty, there's that little notch, uh, where you can kind of just stick your finger in and push it around the board. Yeah. And make it drive around the board. You know, you never have to actually pick this piece up. This might be the only piece that never gets picked up. Right. It just gets driven. That's true. That's true. So it's got, it's got a lot going for it. Mm-hmm. It fits the theme really well. It fits the time that's supposed to be. It looks like Rich Uncle Penny bags mm-hmm. would be driving around in it. So let's talk about the shoe or boot. Not one that I reached for a lot. No, I got to make say. it walk. So it does mm-hmm. have a play factor. You can't make it walk though because it's only one. Well, sure. You can Some like one. if you do your two fingers, Somebody you can put it on leg. one of your fingers. And then, yeah, I guess that's true. There's people that only have oh, one yeah. leg. You but... put it on one. You just put on one shoe and be doing the walk of shame around yeah. the <laughs> city. <laughs> Carrying then, your iron. <laughs> yeah. Under your thumb, you have a little jacket tucked in. And you're like, hey, everybody. Yeah, I'm fine. No, I, I was just out late. And then. Yeah. I just crashed on my friend's floor. Yeah. Yeah. You're. 
there, there also is a fun, uh, maybe I'm the only person who does this, but I like to pick it up by the little piece on the back and twirl it around. That for some reason, that is a very satisfying to play. You can only do, you can do it with the howitzer. The howitzer mm-hmm. sucks. The howitzer isn't. We, we're not going to talk. This is the last time we're mentioning that howitzer. <laughs> I don't even want to say it anymore. I want to treat it like Voldemort. But it is the only piece, the only piece I recognize where you really have that little bit of play and it has a good mm-hmm. weight to it. We got a little, a little fidget spinner, uh, bonus point. Yeah. All right. It's got a little bit more to it than meets the eye. I don't know. I think like to make a piece that is one mm-hmm. of a pair of things, none of these other pieces are missing anything. I mean, arguably the top hat is missing a dandy gentleman, but other than that, none of these pieces seem like they're missing anything. The shoe feels like it's missing half. It's incomplete, you know? But it does look like, cause it's kind of floppity. It does look like an old boot. So maybe, yeah. maybe it's not like we're, maybe we're not looking at the boot that is half of a pair. Yeah. We're looking What'd at the boot that fishing. is exactly. It's the fishing boot. Yeah. The international symbol for fish aren't biting today. <laughs> that and a discarded can of Popeye spinach. <laughs> those are the two things that let you know you're not catching a fish. If either of those come up, yeah, done. Uh, bonus points if the lid was not completely removed from the can oh, and just bent be. back. Yeah, it's that's just the Popeye be. spinach can. He always yeah. popped it; just the lid popped out. Yeah. Okay. What do you want to take to the finals? We get up to five. I think there are four clear finalists here: one oh, that man. you're a champion of, one that I'm a champion of, and two undeniables. And that is the top hat, the thimble, the race car, and the Scotty dog. I accept those terms. We're going to take a break, and when we come back. We will go from four to one and choose the ultimate Monopoly piece. Stick around. I'm Judge John Hodgman. And I'm Bailiff Jesse Thorne. Ten years ago, I came on Jordan Jesse Go and judged my first dispute. Is chili a soup? It's a stew, obviously. The judge has dispensed a decade of justice. He's the one person wise enough to answer the really important questions. Like, should you hire a mime to perform at your own funeral? After they cry, I want them to laugh. Do you really need a tank full of jellyfish in your den? They smell like living creatures decaying. (laughs) Only if they are decaying. Yeah, which they will be. Real people, real justice, real comedy. Winner of the Webby Award for Best Comedy Podcast. The Judge John Hodgman Podcast, every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. Hey, it's Jesse. What you're about to hear is real. Hey, this is Chris. Hi, Chris. It's Jesse calling from Maximum Fun. Hey, Jesse. I heard that you got into a car accident. Yeah, I was listening to Stop Podcasting Yourself, and I just laughed so hard that I uh, slammed into a construction barrier. Do you remember what it was that was so funny? I will never forget, I'm sure. They started talking about Vegas and the, you know, if it happens here, it stays here and that slogan. And Graham was talking about, oh, you know, wasn't there some other slogan for another commercial? Oh, it was like a commercial for food and it said like, whatever's in there stays in there. I can't remember what it was, clams or something. (laughs) (laughs) just so ridiculous and man i got lightheaded i was laughing so hard next thing i know (laughs) smash they are they are just brilliantly funny so i talked to dave and graham from stop podcasting yourself we would like to pay your car repair bill is that okay that i mean that would be super nice jesse i really i thank you i appreciate that and we're back. All right. I wonder which podcasts we heard about. Good ones. Yeah. Well, it's Max Fun. Maybe. Who knows? Max Fun, man. We really did luck out in the podcast world, and we thank everyone. But let's talk about Monopoly. How do you want to approach this? We have four. Review the four for us again. The Scotty Dog, the Top Hat. The Thimble and the Race Car. The thimble and the Race Car. Is there one here that you think can go right away? Because I have one that I would get rid of right away. I mean, I'd get rid of the top hat. And I would you'd get, get rid, rid of the, the thimble. Oh, you'd get rid of the race car. Yeah. Why would you get rid of the race car? I don't know. It's, I think it's kind of boring at the end of the day. Interesting. It feels too on the nose to me. I just don't like the look of it. Yeah. I feel like it would be unenjoyable to spend time with that race car. 
<laughs> I mean, it's open air. You can't put the, yeah. there's no way, there's no doors. There's no way to put the top up. Mercy, don't wear a scarf. Don't wear a scarf on that thing. You know what'll happen. <laughs> oh no. We all know that story. I, uh, oh, that's interesting. When we first said this, I assumed that that would be all the way through, but I like the idea. Here's the thing. I like the idea. You get everything that you can get out of the race car in that ambulatory element of it, Mm -hmm. but you also have the joy of adding a little bit of personality to the Scotty dog. So yeah, I mean, if it's, if it's between the Scotty dog and the race car, the Scotty dog wins. So that might as well eliminate the race car right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye race car. Goodbye race car. Thimble, top hat, Scotty dog. Okay. I want to understand because for me personally, Mm-hmm. I would choose of the things that can go on your finger. Mm-hmm. I would choose the top hat over the thimble, but I want to understand. I don't want to just throw something away that you care deeply about because this isn't pretzel shapes. <laughs> this is, <laughs> is it the tie back to what you uh, think is the initial history? Yes, it is. That is a big part of it because I am in, deeply engrossed in that. I'm fascinated by that history. Um, for anyone that is curious, by the way, the book, uh, The Monopolists is, uh, an excellent read about this. It's one of those, like, it's a nonfiction history of the game Monopoly that I went back and I was like, wait, what happened? And read through. And then it's one of the only books I've ever just read most of it again, just to like really get this story in my head. Cause it's a bonkers story. So I do really love that original, the comrades version of Monopoly. Um, but also I've just always liked the thimble. I think as a tactile person, it's got the little holes in it that a thimble has, the little ridges, and, uh, the top hat is completely smooth. Additionally, I think the thimble is the only piece of the Monopoly pieces that can actually be used as a, if your fingers are very small, be actually used as a substitute for the item itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't actually wear that top hat on your head. That howitzer doesn't actually fire. The race car isn't actually a car. But if you, in a pinch, needed a thimble to protect your finger and you were very young or had very tiny fingers, you could actually use the thimble from a Monopoly game as a real thimble. I don't think practicality is a good, (laughs) it's a good thing. Good, and uh, I just have that area. clip anytime you try to be more reasonable than me just in our lives. I just want that clip of you saying practicality is not a good thing. Yes, uh, you, make, you can make it your ringtone. <laughs> By the way, the original version, you're referring to the Landlord's game. That was the Lizzie McGee game. Yes. There were no, the in her original patent for it in 1904, mm-hmm. there are no original pieces. I think they just used whatever was, it was laying around. possible somebody used. Somebody used a thimble, but those were introduced mm-hmm. by Parker Brothers. So there is no, th- that romantic idea mm-hmm. does not exist. Sure it does. I think well, it's that, absolutely. Not, it's a, not true. You can have that romantic idea of. No, no, no. I, I, somebody wants, I, the romantic notion is that it is a reminder to me that this game was once played with thimbles. I, I don't think it was always included with thimbles. Right. You know what I mean? I'm not saying like that's the original piece. I just think it was, it feels like an homage to that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just love that. To me, the top hat ties into the game more directly. It's what Rich Uncle Pennybags is wearing. It's about generating this wealth of which the top hat is a reminder. It's like even a wheelbarrow full of money mm-hmm. is, is maybe how you would, you could tie a lot of these pieces back into money including having a small dog whose feet have never touched the ground. (laughs) It just sits on velour pillows and eats caviar all day. Yeah. Let me ask you this, Hal. Yes. I look, I agree with you. I think the top hat is, I don't like the wobbliness of the top hat. I'm going to be perfectly honest. That has always bothered me. And it's the reason I don't pick the top hat. That's understandable. If it was a barbershop quartet hat. Yes. I would totally grab it. Because those are flat, but that's true. A to be boater. fair, a, a, a yeah, a barbershop quartet boater hat, yeah, does not represent 
financial success before the Great Depression the way that a top hat does. Oh. That said, are you and I really overly discussing the thimble and the top hat knowing full well that your wife was right? I think we are. I think we are, too. Should I bring her back in? Yeah. People of the world. Let's see if Jen will do the people of the world. This is so scary. It's just me in here. Well, Ken's in here, but he's not talking. Hi, Ken. No. Man. Okay, I'm back. Okay. Jennifer. Yes. When we started this. Yes. We had 10 tokens to choose from. And we asked you, our new correspondent. (laughs) To tell us, just off the top of your head, which you thought the best one was. Do you remember what that choice was? Yes, it was the dog. It was the dog. Well, people of the world. Yes. Always listen to your correspondence. Jen was correct. The best token of the classic 10 on the Monopoly board is the Scotty dog. Yay! Yay! Great job, Jennifer. Oh, I'm so happy for myself. Thank you. (laughs) Well done, Jen. Well done, Jennifer. Good choice, y'all. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, there you have it, folks. It's That's the right. Piece everybody reaches for. Sorry if you have to use any of the other ones, especially that dumb old howitzer, the worst one. <laughs> or that boxing horse. Although maybe now that's a fun one. Maybe you can, uh, if you have your own pewter, you can make little boxing gloves. You have your own pewter. You know how you have pewter and a soldering iron lying around? Just solder on, solder on some boxing gloves and then send a picture to us at we got this podcast at gmail.com. Hey, I'm done ironing your socks. Well, that sound of a giant ironing my socks and finishing means that we have reached the end of this episode. We have decided once and for all the best monopoly token is the Scottish Terrier that is asked and answered. This topic is closed, but there are many more to discuss. So please reach out to us on Twitter at we got this tweets or you can email us at we got this podcast at gmail.com or join the Facebook group. Let's talk about Monopoly on there. That is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash we got this podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you the people of the world with whom we would love to sit down, grab our myriad monopoly pieces from whatever edition you have. If you have a Harry Potter edition and want to play with Hedwig, the owl, great, but we're all going to reach for that Scotty dog. I want to sit down with all of you and play a single game of monopoly at the average length of a game of 250 hours. (laughs) Wait, I almost forgot. I almost forgot. Yes. Thank you. To the people of the world, thank you, thank you, thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We got this. We got this. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.